Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Faux Podcast, Fans of Wrestling Everywhere podcast. I am Deron Land. Along with me is Chandler. Good to be here. Let's uh, talk some wrestling. Rick Alvarez. At this point, does anyone care if Seaman Punk comes back? I mean, I'm more excited to see AJ Lee. I'd like to see AJ Lay, uh, AJ Lee, but CM Punk would be be uh, okay with me too. I doubt he'll ever come back anytime soon, though. He burned a lot of bridges, lots of bridges. <laughs> also joining us is Ashley. Wrestling. Wrestling. <laughs> we like wrestling. <laughs> That's why we're here. Uh, we're a bunch of geeks that. Uh, uh, that like to collect toys, but we also like to talk about professional wrestling as well. We're huge pro wrestling fans. Uh, some of us, uh, if you watched the very first episode of Foe, uh, you know a little bit about us and their backgrounds. Uh, you know, uh, I've done some uh, helping out in the independent scene. Uh, Ashley's been a wrestler herself, uh, so you know we've we've got some well-rounded. Uh, uh, perspectives here on the pro wrestling industry and we're going to be talking a lot about our opinions and uh, our thoughts on some things uh we're going to be talking about tonight the uh on the heels of the very first ever wwe great balls of fire pay-per-view uh probably one of the worst named pay-per-views i could think of in recent history um, but it had a decent card, uh, so we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we Did get to the, what's that? Did it though? Eh, it 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 had some had some good spots. Uh, but uh, before we get to that, we're going to talk about some topical stuff uh, with a uh, current events uh, theme. Um, we're going to talk about some things that we've watched recently, uh, and our uh, thoughts on that, and uh, kind of. Uh, interact uh, based on that. Uh, if you are a fan of the Faux uh, Podcast, you can follow us on Twitter at Faux Podcast, Faux underscore podcast. Uh, please follow us on there. Uh, shoot us questions, comments, uh, whatever you'd like. Uh, just don't hate us on there, please. <laughs> uh, we're we're new, so we're 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 trying to get our uh, our feet underneath of us and uh, and get a good show going. Also, we are now, as of this recording, uh, available on iTunes, uh, Google Play Music Store, and Stitcher Radio. So if you are wanting to listen to the audio-only version of this podcast, we are available on those outlets as well. Please like, subscribe, and share uh, our podcast if, you, uh, if you're a fan of us and fan of professional wrestling. Uh, and want to call it professional wrestling because that's what it is it's sports entertainment is just so so early 2000s you know <laughs> that's what vince mcmahon wants to call it i want to call it pro wrestling because that's what everybody else calls it or unless you call it in japan uh yeah lucha libre yeah if that's what they call it in japan yeah Lucha. <laughs> totally. Uh, so Chandler, what have you been watching lately? So uh, since the last time we talked, um, uh, Ashley and I, uh, we actually went to a local show up in Dayton, Ohio. 
The local promotion is Rockstar Pro. Um, they had their monthly pay-per-view. Um, so they had a lot of um, tying up loose ends of storylines. Um, saw some good matches there. Mr. 450, who I believe has been on 205 Live, uh, he was there. Um, Kiki Taro was there, uh, who was a uh, pretty famous, yeah, who got a t-shirt, <laughs> pretty famous um, Japanese comedy wrestler was there. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, we also watched both nights of uh, the U.S. Uh, New Japan G1 tournament, uh, which I believe was the 2nd and 3rd of July. Um, that was great. And then um, other than that, um, I didn't really catch much of the lead up, the Raws or Smackdowns leading up to Great Balls of Fire. But we did uh, uh, we did catch that last night as well. Um, so that's, that's kind of, that's kind of what we've been up to. Ashley, did I, did I miss anything that we've been, uh, uh, well, I feel like you're a little stretching it a little bit for me. I watched most of the G1. Um, <laughs> he's trying to steal my thunder though with the Rockstar Pro. Um, and then also besides on top of that, I've been kind of just following what's been going on with, um, women of honor recently for ring of honor. Um, <clears throat> it's been a big deal for me because, my mentor in Wisconsin was recently invited to wrestle for Women of Honor. So she had her first debut um, for Stacey Shadows. She wrestled against Mandy Leon, and she also wrestled against Kelly Klein. And then those got put up on the Ring of Honor site and on their Twitter and on their Instagram um, over the last two weeks. So that's been exciting for me to watch. And I've been trying to kind of follow what's been going on with Stacey because she seems like she's getting a big push right now. So it's really exciting for me to see that for her. If you're listening to this, everyone should watch <laughs> that match. Stacy Shadows is criminally underrated. Yeah. Uh, she, she spends most of her time wrestling guys up in Wisconsin. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, and guys, she's, and then she's, she's, she's she trains the young she's so girls. Good. She's constantly working with girls who are green as opposed to getting to be working with wrestlers who have been in the business as, as, as long as she has been. Um, so when you get to see her wrestle someone <clears throat> like Kelly Klein, or who's been wrestling for quite a while, it's it's really amazing to see her and see what she's capable of. You know the the was it the May Young uh, contest or, or uh, uh, tournament classic. Eric Classic? Yeah, uh, that the WWE is coming up with here very shortly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of makes me wonder if some of those people aren't going to get a call. And that's actually, um, so this past weekend, because I was hoping that Sergey would be able to be on. Um, Sergio? Or Sergio, sorry. That uh, uh, last weekend in Berwyn was RISE, which is the develop, Women's Development Seminar and Talent Pool for Shimmer. Um, and then it was Shimmer Weekend. So the Friday night there was a seminar with Dr. Tom Pritchard from the women who attended that seminar. They were invited to have matches that night. And then Shimmer was also there, so they could pick from that talent. And then they may wrestle on the Shimmer roster for Saturday and Sunday. And from the information that I had, or from a conversation I had with Samantha Heights when we were up in Rockstar Pro, was that because of a lot of the women are being called up to the Mae Young, it's actually been giving other uh, wrestlers the opportunity to get on these other promotions. So it's kind of exciting to see what's going on. It's out. It sounds like a lot of those uh, Shimmer girls are going to be wrestling in that yeah. young tournament, which means there's open spots yeah. to fill. Well, so. it just, well, I think for me, it's, it's exciting. It's just with the Mae Young, with all the um, excitement about women's wrestling, it's giving 
just all the promotions out there, women more opportunities to wrestle for different promotions and kind of get their name out there. So it's it's a neat time for that. Is anyone interested in seeing a women's Royal Rumble? Because I keep waiting for that. <laughs> yes. I would love to see an entire, like that's, I think that's one reason why I'm excited about the Mae Young is I just, besides, I would like to see a full women's roster show because WWE at this point has enough talent to do something like that. Um, and I just want to see that as opposed to all these group matches or rumbles with the women. I think it's just well, and and regardless of whether it's Raw or SmackDown, it seems like they only uh, they they get maybe one or two matches at most mm-hmm. uh, a show. And when you've got eight or ten different uh, uh, female superstars on different shows, you know it's like. Some of them barely see screen time. You know, if they do, it's like somebody you see them backstage, or they come out and interfere, or they have like you know this this big battle royal, you know, or or like the gauntlet match we saw. Which I have to admit, I don't know if you guys saw this. Did any of you see the gauntlet match uh, with uh, where Nia Jax went almost all the way, and then uh, it ended with uh, Sasha Banks. Winning it to go to the... I saw a clip, but I didn't get to see the home match. We saw the promo package. Yeah. 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 Uh, Nia Jax, I was not impressed with her with her ring skills and everything up until this match. She gave herself some legitimacy with that match. It uh, truly was. Uh, Rick, what have you been watching? You know, I, I've got at least two kids that I know of, so I haven't been watching much. <laughs> uh, You've been watching them wrestle. <laughs> yeah, I actually sat down today to watch Great Balls of Fire. Uh, I found myself fast-forwarding through some of it, and I sat down with my five-year-old, and I made her watch the Braun Strowman uh, Roman Reigns match to see if she'd get into it. She's been doing jujitsu for a couple years, so I've been trying to get her into into watching this with me. Nice. I'm not done with you yet! <laughs> yeah, but I think they are. I think they are. So, they I mean, they went a little over the top with that ending, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, you know I'm, you know I, overall the, the last uh, two weeks of Raw and SmackDown, I've just kind of been fast forwarding through a lot of it. Well, uh, to be honest, especially the commercials. We're we're pre recording this episode right now as Raw is on the air live. Uh, thank God for for DVR, uh, but you know, and I, I almost prefer watching it via DVR just simply because there's a lot of forgettable parts on it. Mm-hmm. There are. And, uh, I, you know, I'm actually looking forward to raw. I always look forward to raw the night after a pay-per-view. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to raw tonight. And then, uh, I'm also looking forward to, uh, catching the G one special. It's, it's on my hit list. Yes. Now I don't want to, uh, since you haven't seen the G one special, I no, don't no, no. We can, we can talk about it. I mean, we can talk uh, well, about I, it. I don't want to totally spoil it for you, but the U S they wrestle. Yeah. They, the U S G one special, uh, was absolutely top notch from first match to the last match, both shows, uh, uh part one and part two, uh, I'm thankful that uh, the NJPW World we was actually able. If you subscribe to that, you're a, you were actually able to watch the second night as it happened, a full week before they actually broadcasted here in the states. Yeah. So that that was actually nice, and uh, right. yeah, it 
it had uh, there were some stars that really stood out to me. Uh, Ishii, uh, he was he reminds me of uh, of Rick Steiner back in the day. Uh, I don't know uh, if if you guys feel the same way. Um, That's I remember that. That's going on Steiner Stone, brother. Yeah, Stone Pitbull. Mm-hmm. Stone commentary on it. It seems people are mixed on on the commentary. Well, you know, you had good old Jr. Doing the commentary, and and he is Jr. I love Jr. I love listening to him. You know, he's got to throw in the slobber knocker here and there, and and uh, uh, and the and the uh, the 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 weird Jr. isms that he has. Uh, I know he. By God. Uh, well, there's also the 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 there was a moment that Kenny Omega was wrestling his first match in the in the uh, G1. U or the U.S. Uh, tournament title uh, title tournament, and as he was on the outside, Jim Ross said he looks wilder in the eyes than a pet coon, and I just sat there and I just started laughing. I'm like, wow. only only you, Jr. Only you. But then yeah. you have moments whenever he would actually flub up people's names, uh, or totally not remember whose uh, names they were. Uh, as, especially as they're coming out, he's like, this is, uh, and he paused for a second. You know, he had to look it up to see who it was. Uh, right. that was a little humorous. Uh, but some of the performers were, uh, criticizing them for not knowing the names. And, uh, I guess, uh, Stone Cold was backstage. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Stone Cold was backstage. Yeah. So I think it, I think it's it's probably it's probably worthwhile um, to you know if if you're a, a regular WWE watcher but you've you've never really dipped your toe into into New Japan. So the the G1 refers to a tournament that New Japan holds um, uh, over in Japan, obviously <laughs> during their promotion, and it's actually it's a round robin tournament. So uh, what they do is they put their best singles wrestlers in two pools. Everyone wrestles everybody, and then the people, uh, the the people in each pool that have the highest uh, point total based on win loss draw, kind of like a, a soccer World Cup type of thing, wrestle each other for the championship, and it's called the G1 Climax. And the winner of that uh, match essentially wins a money in the bank briefcase. It's kind of like their, their version of money in the bank. And that allows them to nine, nine times out of 10, it allows them to challenge for the IWGP heavyweight championship at wrestle kingdom. So generally, um, that the winner of that match, uh, will wrestle the current IWGP heavyweight champion. Um, unless it changes, which if you know anything about new Japan, if, if there's one thing they do, it's they do not take title changes of their big belts uh, very lightly at all. So yeah. there's a good, there's a really, really good chance whoever is the champion during the G1, even though um, uh, it might change. Generally, the winner of G1 is going to face. You, you basically have your WrestleMania, quote unquote, uh, headliner event. You know, basically like six, seven months in advance. Um, and so what this USG one was, was a mini version of that where they had, I think what, eight competitors. I believe so. Yes. And so they did a, a mini, a mini tournament that, uh, the end result was, uh, the, the first ever United States, uh, IWGP champion. Um, 
And and uh, other than just it being a really great idea and really cool that they came over here, it's uh, you know taking your kayfabe hat off for a minute. This is very much a play um, to try to put that flag in the United States and really really start playing they here. They didn't just, just they didn't just plant it. They they dug a hole. They put the pole down in it. They tamped it uh, full of dirt. Then they uh, they covered it with cement. <laughs> and then <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, and apparently it did it did really well, and it, it did so well that um, they're already announcing more dates next year. And, f- and from what I hear, they're actually planning um, some sort of show WrestleMania weekend in New Orleans uh, next oh. year. So there, there's going to be a New Japan show apparently. Um, so yeah, so if so so just just in case you're listening and you don't really know what we're talking about with that, that's I just wanted to make sure everyone's kind of on the same page. Um, and it's 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 it's, it's, it's yeah, it's it's a, it's a lot. It's a lot of fun. Um, you know, you don't necessarily need to know a whole lot of storyline going into these things. They tell a um, story with the wrestling match sure. themselves. Yeah, uh, they also treat it. D- d- Japan in general still treats it much more like a sport than uh, most other places in the world. So a lot of times, the story is two competitors with fighting spirit. Who has the most? Who's going to win? Right. So, um, which a lot of times is just as compelling. Um, so yeah, so that that was that was kind of the, the basis and why why it was kind of a big deal um, that New Japan was was doing a, their first their first dedicated live show. Um, but yeah, it was it was it was great, and, especially uh, whenever you have uh, them during the very first match, the curtain jerker match, uh, doing the "This is awesome" chant. That says enough right yeah. there. I mean, yeah. so who do you think this was more shot at? Uh, global wrestling, global impact wrestling, or uh, Ring of Honor? Or they, do you think they it was, co-promote. It was specifically a shot? New Japan actually co-promotes with uh, Ring of Honor currently, uh, yeah. although they have had a working relationship with both WWE and Ring of uh, or uh, TNA before. But I think this is just a shot at WWE to a lesser extent, but. Pretty much, I think there's room for both, honestly, on U.S. soil, because uh, the, the 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 two products are so uh, desperate or disparate in their uh, in in their style. You have your fans that that love the more soap opera, uh, you know, uh, style that the WWE puts out, uh, and then you have your fans like like a lot of us. They like the matches more. They want to see more quality matches honestly uh, you know f- uh, for some foreshadowing here uh the great balls of fire samoa joe versus brock lesnar while it was an okay match i felt i, I felt gypped honestly mm-hmm. uh because it was so freaking short you know it and- was short but you can't say for those big guys i mean i, I don't think lesnar can wrestle at all but for those big guys, ironically, it was a pretty decent match. Yeah, and ironically, it was, it was pretty well planned out. How Lesnar that match is a out. former IWGP Heavyweight Champion at that, <laughs> and that's you know that's saying something right there. Um, I think for me, it's the quality of the showmanship, though, because when you're watching the wrestlers in New Japan, it's just the showmanship and performance of themselves and the fluidity of their wrestling. It's just by far just kind of. It reels you in. It does. And where yeah, I feel I, like I think 
I'm sorry, go ahead. That's okay. Is it, I feel like for like the, the Brock and like the Samoa, um, it just, you know, there was, they, they have their characters, but there's something that was missing for the showmanship, especially up to me on Brock's part, where it was just, it, it, it made the match less meaningful to me. Whereas when you're watching the New Japan, you just you get can get so involved by by who they are. Well, or how do you they think Brock just actually played. cares anymore? He's just in it for the money. Honestly, hard to tell. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's it, it's kind of strange. I I get this weird. Like I don't think there's much of a character there per se. I I think that's what we're getting is kind of Brock. Um. But there, there is this weird, like you know, I I try not to read too much of the dirt sheets just because it's a it's a spiral I don't want to go down. Yeah. Um, but you know, there 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 were some things said like after the match that Brock was actually really really excited about the match and was really happy and and really really liked working with Samoa Joe, which. Part of me is like, okay, well, if it's a guy just cashing a paycheck, then why does he care? Like, wh- wh- why? It, it, it wouldn't matter if he had a good match. So there, I, I think I think he I think he cares to the degree that making him when he wrestles it's special because he doesn't wrestle all that often. Um, but beyond that, I'm not you know I'm not sure he's he's really looking to make sure you know to see what. Meltzer gave him right like <laughs> here, I don't, I don't. Here's, some, here's a question everyone is Brock worthy enough to have the uh, uh, that 30 day rule lifted is it, I think I mean, it hurts the brand I really really oh, do. I agree uh, not having a active champion uh, one that just shows up maybe once a month every other month or so, uh, just to, you know. Yes, it's awesome whenever his ring music finally hits and he he pops around that corner, and you know there he is. It's like, oh my god, the champion is here. At the same time, you've got to ask yourself, why should I be saying the champion is finally here? The champion should be vis- visible, uh, and who cares if he defends it every thirty days? But as long as he's out there furthering the storyline and character uh to me i mean yeah working with samoa joe he was showing they 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 had some really good build-up all that build-up for a damn 10 minute match that's why i felt gypped you know i mean it's like but and you you know they ended on a cliffhanger so that there'll be a rematch in some form yeah but i i don't know if he's I don't know if Brock is worthy enough, if he still has what it takes to to be that special event type of guy that comes in. Uh, well, at the beginning of the match, they said it's been what? It's been since WrestleMania since he wrestled? Yeah. That was April. Yeah. I think they need to have Brock at least compete on Raw at least once a month. Even if it's just a throwaway match like they typically do, him come out there, and if somebody gets inter, uh, you know, interferes with him, or you know, somebody might, uh, you know, he just goes out and decimates somebody and uh, like a toy. I think it would benefit if he actually was competing at least once a month. That would that would help with it, but I think it's it's really really hurting 
not just the Raw brand, but WWE by having a, as it were, part-time champion. Yeah, an absent champion. Yeah, unfortunately, I don't. I don't think. <clears throat> I don't think that aspect of it is particularly, you know, WWE creatives' decision. I think. I think Brock has the type of sway because he. I mean, I think he does pull those type of pay per view numbers and is the only person that can do that. And he he's kind of dictating, saying, "Hey, listen, I'll give you these many dates. I'll show up this many times." Here, you know, whatever you want me, me to do. Tell but. me what days to show up, and I'll show up. But I'm not showing up any more than this number of days. So, you know, I, I think I think I think to, it, that aspect is probably hurting it. You know, I don't I don't I don't mind it not being visible all the time. But I think I think I agree. I, th- I think I would like at least some sort of monthly uh, monthly defense, just just to kind of you know wet the appetite ju- just enough to let you know he's there. But not not enough to like, you know. For, I mean, for, I, w- for, I wouldn't for, care for if they threw Bo Dallas up against him and he go out and tell uh, tell Brock you need to believe, and Brock just say you know what, ring the bell, F five one two three, go back to the back. At least right. he's made a statement of some sort in the ring within a certain amount of time. Right. It just it just detrimental. Well, that leads me into asking another question. Uh, recently, uh, in a non-televised match, we had a title change. Mm-hmm. Uh, AJ Styles has defeated uh, the U.S. champion, Kevin Owens, uh, at a MSG, Madison Square Garden, uh, house show. Now, granted, MSG has been parentally for decades uh, the WWE's home, as it were. Um, you know, they they if they have a big house show, it is at Madison Square Garden. Uh, it's not unheard of for a champion to lose a title match at Madison Square Garden. Uh, one that comes right off the top of my head: Bob Backlund versus Diesel. Uh, Diesel basically comes out. Seven seconds, Jack uh, Jack knifes Bob Backlund, pins him for the WWF title. I want to say in, this was 95, 90, 94, 95-ish. That yeah, that maybe happened. earlier than that. Yeah, so, uh, so it's not unheard of this happening, but what do you guys say about this not being a televised event? That they change the hands, especially building up to a pay per view where Kevin Owens was supposed to defend the championship. Granted, now it'll be AJ Styles, but what what do you guys think, Ashley? I want I want to, I want to, I want to hear you first. <laughs> yes, uh, so I actually find it really exciting that they did that, um, just for the fact that so, so I feel like in the past WWE's attendance for their live shows. People weren't really, you know, you get some people to go to live shows, but it it gives excitement for people to want to buy that ticket again for the hope of seeing that. Um, I think that was a kind of a smart move for them because it it gets some excitement about seeing that, being there, watching that happen. Because I feel like if it's not a televised event or you think that it's... You you don't don't expect anything big to happen. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that was kind of that was actually kind of a smart move for WWE. 
Well, one of the uh, one of the some of the biggest moments, uh, most I guess game changing moments uh, in wrestling history have happened at house shows. Uh, the curtain call, if I recall, was at a it was at a Madison Square Garden uh, house show. Uh, the curtain call with uh, whenever Ke- uh, Ke- yeah Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, mm-hmm. they they were on the way out uh, with the WWE or at the time the WWF. They had signed contracts with WCW. They had uh, and they were wrestling their first match. And here you had faces and heels hugging and shaking hands and and being comrades in front of the crowd, the live crowd at W uh, at a WWF event. Um, that happened. Uh, Bret Hart beating uh, Ric Flair in Saskatoon for the WWF Championship. I think that was more or less uh, a, a nod for the Canadian fans, uh, you know, which was great. But I remember as it happened, it's like, wait a minute, why wasn't this on TV? It's like you, you back. This is back in the day. Whenever, uh, like Rick mentioned last week on or the last episode, WWF Superstars was a pre-recorded show. Uh, the matches that you saw generally happened weeks prior. So you watch one episode, and Ric Flair's a champion. They're they're building up to the next pay-per-view. And then the next show, let's please welcome the new WWF champion, Bret the Hitman Hart. And you're like, what the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> and then they show, if, if I'm not mistaken, they either showed short video clips or still photos of the match happening. And I'm like, this it should have happened where we could see it. Well, I think though, in this day and age, you have so now with social social media, the the really interesting thing is you have every one of those people who are attendants of that crowd now to be a free advertisement for your product because instantly when you see something like a title change like that, you're taking pictures, you're tweeting about it, you may have taken a video, and so all of a sudden that's all this free buzz at this point to get out there um, to drive more excitement towards the brand. Um, so I think that's one thing too, why this is a, an advantage to do this at during our current times. Yeah. Uh, Rick, what do you feel about it? Well, uh, I'm very excited that anything can happen now at a house show. Uh, even when Lesnar, who's been known to show up at house shows, uh, specifically international house shows. But the first thing I thought about was, uh, Oh, uh, either someone got fired or hmm. someone got hurt. Uh, because it's been a long time since the WWE has done a, a title change at a house show. So I instantly thought, all right, uh, KO, uh, he's got an injury. He's going to be out for a long time. They, they just had to drop the title. Or KO said something to someone and he's out the door. He's going to be wrestling with Alberto Del Rio uh, in two weeks. Alberto Del Patron. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, either that or he may have uh, may have violated a wellness policy thing too. You know, all a page. Yeah. You know, we might see mm-hmm. him on Pornhub soon. I don't know. But, uh, uh, I, but I agree with Ashley that it's great that you know I don't like going to WWE house shows because of that. You know, even though it's for a title shot, you know the title's never going to change. But uh, now there's it's reinvigorated me to. To go to a house show for the well, WWE, just for the uh, the simple reason, I I would love to go to house shows, even even not that notwithstanding, uh, and I'm still thankful to this day uh, 
for the very last uh, WWE house show that I ever w got to go to. Uh, I, you know, it was in Lexington, Kentucky at Rupp Arena uh, about one week prior to the death of Eddie Guerrero. I got to see Eddie Guerrero team with Batista against uh, Road Warrior Hawk. I mean, I'm sorry, uh, Road Warrior Animal and Heidenreich. Uh, that was the main event in that show. But to see uh, Eddie Guerrero and Batista standing victorious in the middle of the ring and Guerrero getting Batista to do the, do the Mamacita sh uh, shuffle, uh, as it were, that was pretty cool. And then to be devastated less than a week later to hear of his death. And if I had not seen, I'd never, uh, the last time I'd seen Eddie Guerrero was in WCW uh, whenever I attended there. So I, I, had, I would not have gotten to see Eddie Guerrero live in a WWF event had I not went to that house show. And I'm so thankful to this day that I was there present for that show. Well, you, you saying that kind of makes me think, though. So when you, is there a wrestler on the roster nowadays that you feel like is like your Eddie Guerrero or someone someone like that where it's like you want to make sure that you go to the house show because you want to be there for them? Like you want to see them wrestle because they're that special to you. AJ is Styles. There... AJ Styles for me. Man, I don't and know if I have well, someone in. Now, yeah. now I also have to uh, throw in Shinsuke Nakamura into that, too. I don't know if I have anyone in the WWE that would make me go to a house show just to see them. I mean, I would definitely love to see Kenny Omega wrestle. Mm -hmm. It's a house show or it's television. It doesn't matter. I'd love to see him wrestle. Um, I don't know if there's anything. I mean, Nakamura, sure. I'd, I'd love to see him, but I don't know if I want to bother going to a house show just for the chance that he may or may not be there. Yeah, I think I, I think to to, to kind of just hop on what whatever what everyone said is, I think it's important that. Um, so I, I feel like house shows to a point they were part of the same, you know, in comic terms they were like part of the same universe, but not part of like, you know, the main continuity, right? Like it was kind of like you know uh, you know, what the what's what's the um, not the one ultimates. shot comic. Or yeah, where it's, it's like you know where where Spider Man is Miles Morales, right, or, or or something like that. You know, it's 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 a different universe and it's it's same story but but kind of different. And so you know, it's hopefully, not canon. yeah, it, exactly, canon. exactly. And if yeah. if this if this means now that heart house shows are going to start becoming canon, where the store the things that happen in house shows are going to carry over which then make you kind of either want to seek out and find out what happened at the house shows or, you know, maybe they do something on the network, like a, a weekly show breakdown of, hey, here's what happened at all the house shows, so you know what's you know what's going on at Raw or, or whatever. Um, that's super interesting. Like, I would, I, would be, I would be way down for that. Well, um, but to that, to that end, though, uh, a lot of times house shows are used to showcase talent that hasn't made it onto TV yet. Uh, sure. I know, uh, for, for example, um, uh, Alistair Black, 
who is mm-hmm. uh, currently on the NXT mm-hmm. roster. They use him, from what I understand, they use him extensively on house shows. Yeah. Uh, and that's on the main roster. So... Uh, have we ever, but by the way, the, the, the kind of side conversation, and this might, <laughs> this might go to the other podcast. Did, did we ever confirm that he's a, he's a transformer collector? I've, I, I've, I've heard, I've heard I've, some things. I've heard, he's, I've uh, heard, I've heard uh, rumors about it, but I have not heard any con, uh, confirmation on that whatsoever. Oh, that would be uh, the raddest thing ever. <laughs> if, if he is, if he is, uh, you know, just to know that we have a fellow nerd in the ranks there. Of course, so, you know that uh, that all the members of the New Day are nerds. So, uh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and then, of course, Kenny Omega and all of them. Sure. Uh, it's actually on YouTube. You can watch Kenny Omega take on uh, Xavier Woods, Xavier Woods yeah. uh, in a video game tournament. Uh, you know, it's it's like an hour long video, and they're fighting each other. Yeah. And it's uh, to know that it's Xavier and Kenny Omega fighting yeah. each other. Here they are. You know they wrestle for different promotions, yeah. famous for both uh, both promotions. Yet you see them on the same screen. It's just it got that. You know you you got to mark out about that. Yeah. When well, he and 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 Kenny actually has his own. I don't know how much he does it anymore, but he has his own YouTube channel that for a time was strictly just him streaming him playing Street Fighter. Like it wasn't him in character. It was just <laughs> it was just hey I'm playing Street Fighter. Watch me. I'm pretty awesome. Yeah. And he's 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 pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Sorry. <laughs> and, and, and you also, while we're on the uh, on the term, or I mean on the uh, on the subject of talking about YouTube channels, check out uh, the Young Bucks channel, The Elite. Uh, d- some of the best damn uh, fifteen minute videos, uh, wrestling related. You'll you'll see lots of funny stuff, lots of nods there. Uh, several episodes ago, they had uh, Billy Gunn and Tommy Dreamer guest on it. Uh, it, it was, it was so awesome. And I've got to do this just for a shout out to those guys. Fuck the revival. <laughs> so. so how long before the young bucks show up in WWE or will the end, will they go straight to NXT? Yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know if they will. I, I don't, I don't know if they will. I, I think, I mean, um, if they go to WWE, they'll be buried. Yeah. I, I think the offer, ha- the offer would have to be right for them to go to WWE, but at the same time, well, does the WWE actually respect their style of wrestling? No. Because, you know, a lot of their wrestling is over the top, making kind of taking what, you know, is like the wrestling style and then exaggerating that so much. I don't know if WWE respects that. I'm, no, I'm not there's sure. there's there, there's people of New Japan that don't like respect. I mean, I yeah. You know, on, on some of the, some of the comment boards, you you know, like some some of the best compliments you'll get of the of the young bucks on some of these comment boards as well. Not my type of thing, but I guess it was all right or or, or something like that. Well, yeah. and you got to admit the Meltzer driver. <laughs> you know, sometimes is a little over the top. Uh, oh, I think it's it. great. I think it's great. Tombstone. Yeah. Uh, 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 Nick does the tombstone and. And Matt uh, plunches off the ropes and helps drive him down into the mat. That that's pretty awesome. But at the same time, sometimes it doesn't quite come off just right. Um, but that being said, I, I love the Young Bucks. I love their stick. I love I love watching them wrestle. Uh, and if for those of you who aren't privy to 
the the fuck the revival thing that that's been going around. Uh, they they've they've been prolif- proliferating that through their YouTube channel, the Elite, uh, and you've got to too sweet there uh, that I, I know I have, uh, but the. They, uh, they, they've taken the revival to task. You know, the revival in the WWE, their, their shtick is no flips, just fists. Well, <laughs> the, mm-hmm. the, the young bucks are completely the opposite of that. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and I say, I think too, it's, uh, the young bucks are kind of, a, they're a wrestling tag team that's meant for marks. <laughs> yeah. Like, they are a true marked out wrestling team. And I think that's one of the reasons why there can be a very line drawn in the sands when it comes to them. Um, and for some diehard wrestlers too, it's just the way that they use super kicks. Yeah. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Yeah, super, like, now super, super, super kick kicks, party. you can't, no one can do a super kick anymore because that's you know, young bucks. That's Randy what they Orton do. doesn't like super kicks. Yeah, mm-hmm. but you know that being said, if if the WWE were to sign the Young Bucks, in my opinion, the best way to handle them would be as if they were a young version of the Hardys. Uh, because I uh, personally, if if I were to draw a uh, draw a parallel with them with any wrestling tag team in history. Uh, I would say they are a combination of the Hardys and the Rockers uh, in, in a lot of ways. For sure. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 think, I think maybe it, ideally if the Young Bucks, if Ken, and I would say Kenny Omega uh, falls, falls in this too. If Young Bucks, Kenny Omega, maybe a few other people, they're the type of people that if – I just hope they can get somewhere close to the amount of money they would make in WWE and maybe just get a little bit less and then just stay right where they are so that they're making they're 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 doing well enough and they're they're being paid what they deserve which is they should be making as much money as anybody in wrestling right now but at the same time where they're at gives them the creativity and the ability to do whatever they want right because as soon as they cross as soon as they cross that line in WWE it's no longer their call, right? Well, um, you got to also uh, understand too, and uh, this was actually this topic ex- itself was actually addressed in uh, another recent episode of the Elite. Uh, they had about an hour's worth of question and answer from fans. Uh, fans would uh, message in questions via their YouTube channel while they were broadcasting live, and they were asking one of the questions they were uh, that was asked. Was uh, well, see, Cody was there with them, uh, and they asked Cody, uh, Do you like New Japan better or do you miss the WWE? He is, uh, he said, and it just might have been just covering his own ass, but he was happy where he is. He's making money doing what he's doing now, he's happier now than being stardust, uh, a, a, you know, a, a glorified jobber. In the WWE, mm-hmm. and Kenny Omega is the same the same way, you know. For Cody, though, I think that's going to be a unique situation, though, because he was more raised through the WWE, whereas Young Bucks were raised outside of WWE. So they're looking, you know, for Cody. He's excited to be on the independent scene, so that he's gets a different perspective of, mm-hmm. of yeah. wrestling. So uh, I think 
that that you know that's a little bit of a different kind of comparison to see somebody outside of it wanting you know the WWE because I there's a lot of wrestlers who go into wrestling because they hope that that's where they're going to be. Well, and the thing and, is, Kenny Omega actually had a shot. He had a tryout with the WWE several years ago. Um, he was in, I think, Georgia Championship Wrestling uh, whenever it was a developmental territory for WWE. And it just didn't pan out. But granted, he has gotten a lot more skill, mm -hmm. a lot wiser, and a lot more over since then. So, you know, it's a whole, a whole different ball of wax. Well, since we're talking about Cody, it made me wonder, is there anyone else in the WWE who would benefit from being released? Uh, Austin Aries was just recently released. Mm -hmm. He was pretty much working as a jobber to Neville. Mm -hmm. And I'm an Austin Aries fan, and I'm kind of glad that he's going to be on the independent circuit again. I'd like mm -hmm. to see him show up in New Japan. I think absolutely. I think, I think New Japan mm -hmm. would make him skyrocket. I could see him being a top dog in New Japan. Yeah, I don't. I don't think if if the worst thing that happens to you if you're if you're a already a name and then you go to uh, WWE and it doesn't work out, like I, I don't think this hurt Austin Aries at all, right? Like I think if if anything, more I'm not people. About he, it. <laughs> he, yeah, he, he's going to be able to command much more money now, taking independent bookings than he probably did before so even though it didn't work out and maybe they didn't leave on the best of terms with him being classified as you know a, a cruiserweight when you know Kalisto is wrestling heavyweights or whatever um you know may, maybe that didn't work out but i think at the end of the day um as long as it doesn't ruin someone's career i, I think i think for, for the most part if if they if you go there and then and then doesn't work out and you leave, I think they're going to be fine. So um, I'm, I'm in the same boat. I'm kind of excited that Austin, you know, I wish it would have worked mm -hmm. out, but it sounds like he asked for his own release. So it's something that he wanted. Um, and, you know, hopefully he'll be, you know, he's hopefully he's hundred percent healed up and can take independent bookings and is, you know, I'll, if he comes anywhere in the Midwest, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go see him. I'd love to see him on the indie circuit now. Mm -hmm. To, to answer your question, as far as anybody that I would like to see that's on the WWE main roster right now, if they were to be released, what I would like, uh, what I'd like to see, and if they went to Ring of Honor or New Japan, uh, I don't want them to go to Impact Wrestling because that just seems to be where they go to die. Uh, but, um, hmm. Well, we know Kevin Owens. That's he was a former Ring of Honor champion. So, uh, and there's rumor has it that once his contract is up, that's with why I brought it up. Is uh, <laughs> that we would see Daniel Bryan return to wrestling uh, because the WWE, as far as he's concerned, with WWE, he's done. But it's WWE doctors that are holding him off from going back to the ring. I could see Daniel Bryan going back to Ring of Honor. Uh, I could see that happening. Uh, gosh. Yeah, I would I would Early say... Early on. I would, if, there's, if there's any... So, like, 
there's that class of people that I think have a legit shot to make it in WWE, and therefore I kind of don't want to see them leave because I want to see if you know if they can become the next Stone Cold, mm-hmm. if they can become the next Rock. So we're talking AJ Styles, we're talking Kevin Owens, um, you know, people like that. But then Baron there's someone. Corbin. Yeah, I, 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 I actually I, I love Baron Corbin. I'm yeah. a huge wow. Baron. Corbin. Yeah, I think he's great. I, Sorry. See, even your dogs think he's even great. Your dog uh, is laughing at Baron Corbin. He, uh, your dog was saying, "Bitch, please." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, I, but I think, I think, even though, um, you know, maybe this we can segue this into into some what happened last night. Even though he had a great match last night, I think Cesaro is never going to get to the level that he could be capable of. And I think in in Ring of Honor or New Japan, he could leave and be the guy tomorrow. I I think I think the same way. Cesaro nope, could be a nope. guy. You don't think nope, so? No, nope. I think Cesaro. It's only a matter of time before you think he'll make it. Uh, I, I think so. he will make it in the WWE. Yeah, I hope so. absolutely. I think he he'll be a top guy. He's probably overdue. Uh, I mean, so is uh, you know Bray Wyatt. He had a very short run as champion. I'd love to see him as champion again. But he just needs uh, but, to lay off the uh, lay off pipe and uh, JoJo, and he, uh, you know, he'll. <laughs> I mean, he's 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 too distracted right now. Uh, if you notice, last night in the uh, in the pay per view, they did not make eye contact in any way, shape, or form when he got in the ring. I was just sitting there chuckling the whole time. <laughs> well, why would he? He's a, he's a god. Why would he acknowledge a, a mere mortal in the ring? <laughs> And it's funny, uh, um, uh, Cody Rhodes, his wife, um, she was uh, the ring announcer, uh, uh, Styles. Um, I forget what her first name was now, uh, but she was a ring announcer on SmackDown for the long for the longest time, and now to see her as basically Cody's valet, <laughs> uh, as it were, on some some of these shows. Just you know, it's like whoa, you know. Yeah. Randy, just, and, Randy and, Rhodes. And, yeah, yeah. Right. And, and and Rick, 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 just to be clear, I'm not saying I don't want Cesaro to succeed in WWE, but I think it's that type of guy that I would like. I would, if it's not going to work out, I would like to see that type of guy who's a tweener, um, who could. I it would just. He's just so good. Uh, just like a, a savant in the ring. Um, just, just an absolute general. So, I mean, he would, he would be. Great. What about some of the people that are that are basically floundering in WWE and they're scrambling? The Ascension. Well, not just the Ascension, but they're they're trying. The WWE is scrambling to try to figure something out. And you look at Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel. Uh, you know, does they any of those guys? Rip, <laughs> yeah, do, does any of those guys have any chance in Ring of Honor or New Japan? I think they would have a chance if they wanted to. I just think that the, you're 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 talking about second and third generation guys, WWE talent, right? So I mean, it, it may get to a point where they're they're just like, okay, well, I'm done wrestling, but give me, a, I'm a trainer now, right? You know, and or, or you know, let, let me work in the performance center. Let me let me help. Let me be a let me let me be a uh, Ashley. What's the um, uh, agent? You know, let me. Let yeah. me let me let me help agent matches. Yeah. yeah, um, I don't know. I just think with Bo Dallas, I'm just waiting for him to go be with his brother. 
I'm just waiting for them to do their tag team thing. And it's like, I, they just need to get to that eventually. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, the thing, thing, the thing is, it's like, didn't uh, Ted DiBiase Jr., whenever he, he basically panned out, didn't he just retire from wrestling? Or is he still doing independent dates? I don't know. I'll, you know what? I, uh, I talked to his dad at uh, Rhode Island Comic Con two years ago, and he said, at that point, it was two years ago, he's like, yeah, Cody still wrestles, but he's not punishing, or not Cody, Ted. He's not punishing his body as much as he used to. Um, but yeah, I haven't I haven't heard much of. I, if I'm not mistaken, he's pretty much either he's he's semi-retired or fully retired. But see, the thing is, is Cody, whenever his Cody Rhodes gimmick basically failed and they repackaged him as Stardust, uh, you know, it just basically shoved him more under the rug. But he ran with it, you know, and he did well as Stardust, in my opinion. But, see, I'm just. I, just, I love that brother brother thing. I love the Hardy Boys. I'm excited when uh, Gold Dust and Stardust that that should have been called Dust to Dust that tag team. And uh, I, you know, I I'm excited to know that uh, Matt Hardy has two boys, so that in 20 years we're gonna get another Hardy Boys. <laughs> that just like I, I love it when the brothers come together. That's why I think Bo needs to be with uh, Bray on tag team. Well, for that matter, let's talk about the Briscoes. Do you think they would have a uh, shot in the WWE? I, mean, I think they were looked at, weren't they? I think they were looked at and almost signed, and then there was some stuff hap- that happened behind the scenes. I So I think, and I, I might be stealing from a recent podcast I listened to, so if, if I'm totally copping, if you're listening and you're like, hey, you heard this from somewhere else, totally sorry, but I, I forget where I heard it. So apparently they are uh, up to their necks in the family business, which is not wrestling. Like apparently their family owns a chicken farm oh. um, and they are, that's what they do. Like that's, that's their, that's their, that's their 40 hours. Yeah, <laughs> demon cock, right. That, that, that's their 40 hours a week and it's a family thing and then ring of honor, the ring of honor schedule allows them to still do this sort of thing and apparently i think i've heard that they were approached and it was like they wanted they, they wanted them to go down to fcw um and it was basically like the, the family was like no you can't do that you have to you know you have Which to stay is a here. shame because if they, if they did well in the WWE, hell, they could they could sell their chicken farm and. Sure. Well, I, I guess I guess I guess it's all about what you want to do, right? If if yeah. you're if if or what they're passionate about. I mean, some people sure. just like ah, right. yeah, <laughs> yep. Which they absolutely love advertising for like prostate stuff. I think that there's an ad that they do. I can't remember what the company is for. But it's like for like a prostate check or something, yeah. and it is so funny to me. Ring of Honor has some pretty awesome <laughs> sponsors. Yeah, TV I remember sponsors. that. And I'm just like, yeah. oh yeah, it's brilliant. I'm so glad to see both so, Briscoes. All those C sponsors that, uh, that, that yeah. won't advertise on WWE. Um, <laughs> yeah. one, one so more... let's use that real quick to well, transfer into Balls of Fire. Because before we do that, there's yes. one other guy. There's one other guy I would love to see. Uh, have a chance if he was released from WWE. I think he would be a stellar superstar in either Ring of Honor or New Japan, and that's Apollo Cruz. No, no. 
No. No, they're going to keep him. They're going to keep him uh, on WWE. They're going to let Enzo go now that uh, him and Cash <laughs> he's, are done. He's just going to 205 Live. You know that. Yeah. He's gonna, they got a hold now. And then he's going <laughs> to the unemployment line. What was Apollo's actual independent name, though? Again, I'm like, it's... Uha Nation. Yeah, Uha Nation. I mean, he yeah. was pretty popular before he came to WWE already because of in the independent scene, so... But I, I think his stardom in the WWE would actually com- propel him uh, to new heights in mm-hmm. you know bigger feds like New Japan and R- Ring of yeah. Honor. I think one of the problems for Apollo is just the same. It's the they don't know what to do with the black eyes, and then they just do this really weird character, and it's not. It doesn't work for Apollo. Mm-mm. It's just weird. It, his his smile actually. Yeah, his smile seems so freaking fake. <laughs> I mean, just something about whenever he comes out, he's smiling like like ear to ear as he's going to the ring, and you're like, "Why are you smiling? <laughs> Come on, you know." Well, I think part of that. I mean, I think that is who he is as a person, but you don't get to see that because you don't you don't see anything about him. You, he's just a person who comes out there, who smiles and wrestles, and then goes right back. Yeah. There's no yeah. development. Well, may, maybe now that they've paired him with Titus O'Neil, that maybe we'll start seeing that. a little more come out. But, I hate that, though. I hate Titus in that whole role. I, I love Titus uh, a lot. I want to see him. I want to see him get his uh, his own title reign as, as like the Intercontinental U.S. Champion. But he hate the whole manager and the Titus brand thing. And he's. I think he's burned too many bridges with Vince, though. Uh, the the whole thing uh i think it was after dusty Rhodes's uh passing uh he grabbed vince or something other as vince was leaving the stage this was like on raw and vince was getting ready to leave and he grabbed vince to say something to him and the way he grabbed vince vince did not like it and uh he got suspended he got yeah, suspended yeah no, i remember that and i think it was it wasn't just that he, he grabbed it. It was that behind the scenes, it was a way that they joked behind the scenes. And then he did something in front of the camera that it diminished, like, the authority that Vince had. Yeah. And that's what... He was like, actually... I, I think what had happened is yeah. he was actually trying to tell Vince to let Stephanie leave first because ladies first. Like, he was trying to be, like, a gentleman, sort of, yeah. but did it with the boss and on live TV. <laughs> Yeah. So he got suspended. <laughs> yeah, that that wasn't smart. But yeah. uh, Rick, uh, so the segue you were thinking. So we were talking about you know these commercials and stuff, and I got me thinking about promos and uh, the thing I remember most about last night's uh, pay per view, except for uh, you know how short that Lesnar Joe match was, was that great promo that Enzo cut. At the beginning of the night, only uh, to Enzo get comes smashed. Out. Yeah, that's why I think mm-hmm. Enzo's done in that company. He's going to go to 205 for a little bit, and then I think he's going to kill it in Ring of Honor. Uh, he cut that guy knows how to use a mic. He really does, and I think that's the only reason they're keeping him around right now. Uh, can't really do much, especially against a guy like Big Cass. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he can talk. And he's got the gift of gab, and he's really good on the mic. See, I kind of, I kind of absolutely love the finish of that match, mm-hmm. <laughs> or the, the near finish, I should say, for when Cass chucked him over the side of the ring. 
just because in a way, yes, I think Enzo is amazing on the mic, but I have been listening to him for so long, doing the same spiel over and over again, that I am also ready to throw him over the side of the ring. <laughs> so when I see and, Austin, and you probably big, could. Uh, yeah, I wish. <laughs> but that's also, so, it's that dynamic, though, the big guy, little guy. When you see that big guy like Cass grab that little guy, you, you want to see them throw them around like that. And the, the ease that you just see him pick him up and just toss him so high and so far. So, and Enzo just goes for it. So, uh, uh, that made me happy. So, uh, <laughs> what do we have over here? A, a couple yeah. haters? A couple of haters. <laughs> uh, as far as Big Cass goes, I think uh, I think he's going to need to get a new uh, new deck because uh, I don't he know is just that. dry as fuck. I'm sorry, yeah, <laughs> he's just not good on the mic. Well, I think uh, it's getting better though because I feel like when when is it last year when Enzo ended up getting hurt because he ended up you know he ended up getting the hitting the his head on the the rope. In that weird move, because it's the Bob Dylan's. yeah, Enzo yeah. was leading him and Cass so much. You never actually really got the opportunity to see what Cass could do, and I think right after that, you got a chance to see Cass on his own without Enzo. I think Cass did a really good job standing on his own then. So I'm kind of from that. I think it's kind of like going, okay, you know what? It might be good to separate them to see what what Cass can really do. And I think his mic skills have improved. I don't think he was great on the mic. But I think he's getting better. Yeah, but you didn't have to make, make him a heel. Because I don't mm-hmm. think he necessarily works in a heel. And that's the thing with all big guys. Kane, uh, the big show, they all eventually turn into heels. And I'd like to have a big guy that is not a heel. And you can make the argument, well, The Undertaker was. But was he around enough in the last 10 years? So that kind of makes me think, though, because Carmella is a heel now still, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, do you think at some point they're trying to pair up Carmella and Cass together again? Aren't they dating in real life? Oh yeah, yeah. in yes. real life, yeah. yes. I yeah. saw I saw somewhere on the internet that yeah. that someone suggested that they should team them up, and then it'd be very clear that they're dating, but uh, what's his face just be completely oblivious to it. <laughs> um, okay. Why, why, oh, why am I blanking on uh, yeah. James Ellsworth? Yeah, James Ellsworth, yeah. like like totally not even. He's so freaking that, forgettable now. <laughs> that, yeah. that they're dating. I might be into that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm I'm uh, I, I kind of I I always had trouble connecting with Enzo and Cass as like baby faces from the Jersey Shore because I just I, I think and maybe it's just my age because of when the Jersey, the actual TV show came out, like there's nothing baby face at all about, <laughs> about any of those characters Snooki. to me. They're, they're, they're all heels. And so it was very hard for me to connect. Wasn't Carmella's original gimmick in NXT, like a Snooki knockoff. I, I, I think, I mean, it was, she was, you know, the queen of Staten Island or, yeah. you know, so, um, so yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I think, I think WWE is never going to let Enzo go, go like, away from the company because he can talk. And if, if something happens to Paul Heyman tomorrow, he's the next guy on that, in that spot for sure. Cause he can just, the dude can just talk and, mm-hmm. and he's, and he's got, he's got a, he's got a place in WWE as long as he wants it. Um, I don't, you know, I, I hope he gets better in the ring. 
Um, but if it if it's at the expense of his safety or someone else's, he's wrestling. I'd rather him just talk. I'd ra- I'd rather him just just be a mouthpiece if that's what it takes. See, I I kind of just you know while we're talking, I, I just had that vision of Macho Man being on the commentating side of things, and I thought maybe that's where Enzo needs to be. He needs to be that super colorful commentator that the Macho oh, Man kill it. was. Mm-hmm. Him and him and Corey. Him and Corey Graves, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, get rid of Byron Saxon. That's, that's <laughs> boring. <laughs> Poor Byron. <laughs> he is Poor him and Mike Cole. I'm done. With, I'm done with them both. I'm over them. Yeah. So, um, what do you think about uh, you know going a little bit further in the uh, uh, Great Testicles of Fire pay per view? Uh, God, I hate that name of that pay per view. Yeah. The intro was horrible too. Yeah. Intro that uh, was like this 1950s drive in crybaby knockoff crap, yeah. you know. Um, but um, let's fast forward uh, to talk about Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Uh, now, the best part of this match to me actually was after the match ended. Uh, seeing Kurt Angle's reaction to the ambulance uh, fiasco, mm-hmm. uh, that was that was absolute gold. Uh, but let's go back to the match itself. What did you guys think, Chandler? I have a really hard time when it comes to any Roman Reigns match. <laughs> um, Join but, the crowd. I love the well, guy. Yeah, but but here's the thing: it's I, Duran. I bet it's 100 the opposite reason, probably for you. Because he's not a bad wrestler, he's not that bad on the mic, and I can't I can't get into a match because everyone is so intent on hating him, regardless of what actually happens, that it's it's so hard for me to get beyond that, and I it's I, I can't I, I I can't get myself to a point where I I can kind of care, and I actually kind of feel bad for him because he's. He's not. He's not bad. He's not a bad wrestler at all. I think um, he sounds like a total meathead on the mic. I can't. Well, say he that. does, but I, yeah, I, I, I also kind of think that that's that's not necessarily his fault. I think, I, I, I think a lot of that is kind of piped into his ear and say, "Hey, listen, this is this is what you got to say." Um, and so, it's kind of a bummer when a crowd decides we don't like this guy, regardless of whatever you do with him, because as soon so. You know, so essentially, you know, he lost the match. He did the thing. You know, he drove. He he rear-ended the ambulance back, at backstage. And then I guess on talking or raw talk, I guess or talking some. What, what, I don't know what it was. What what was the after-show talk show? I didn't watch it. So uh, so I guess raw so. Talk, yeah. Yeah. So apparently he healed it up, like straight up, like making no bones about it. Like so, I think we may have actually seen the turn that we've all wanted for so long. Um, and we're you know. Uh, Full disclosure: we're, we're recording this during Raw right now, so we don't exactly know what's happening. But if Roman comes out and is a heel, are people is the crowd booing him now, or are they cheering him? And if and <laughs> I if say, they are, I say totally and if they're cheering. cheering him, then what's the point? Like, like he, he should be a heel. He should be a heel. Okay, are you going to boo him? Are you going to still boo him when he's a heel? No, we're going to cheer him. Well, th- there's no, that. I don't get it. But like, that, <laughs> but that's the point, though. In pro wrestling, you're getting a reaction from the crowd. And as long as the crowd are totally enjoying what they're doing. I mean, John Cena has learned to live with it. He comes out and he loves the let's go Cena 
Cena sucks. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's his spiel now. He, he's he laughing all the up. way to the bank. Plus, yeah. plus he's well, a top. And well, Kurt Angle world. too. Yeah. He, he like, eggs on the you suck, <laughs> you suck. He used to yeah. hate it back in the day. Well, I'm glad you made the comparison though to, to Roman Reigns to John Cena because I was thinking the same thing. But the thing is, John Cena was hated for so long because he became so popular that I feel like within the last couple of years, people are actually going, I really like him to be honest i really like him and especially when they started bringing the nxt guys up and john cena was putting them over and he was doing such a good job at putting them over yeah and so it's like i think people start to they they secretly they they don't if they hate him they secretly really love him and they do love him and now people are turning to really love him and they're buying into him and i think that's he jobbed to an nxt developmental talent on live tv Mm -hmm. was uh, that spoke volumes to me i'm like all right you know i don't hate cena anymore sorry but so for roman though i think the thing is that People just don't buy him as a good guy. People don't buy this character. He's just so much of this thing that people can't buy into it, so they hate him. So if they if he does turn heel and people love him, that I don't know if that's a bad thing because that means that people enjoy who he, what he's doing, that people enjoy the character in some aspects. I mean, I think you're allowed to have your own reactions, love or hate a wrestler these days. You know, it's not as it's not as black and white as the old days. I think what happened with Roman was, um, and I love the guy. I'm a, I'm a fan of him. Uh, he was. They tried very hard to put him over, and they gave him this title shot that maybe, maybe he wasn't quite ready for yet, and maybe that came across uh, that you know they're they're putting him over for the sake of, of popularity, and uh, who he is, yeah, right, and who he's related to, and I think that that put some people off. It definitely put me off at first. Uh, but I, I think the best time, the most, the best he's on the mic is when he's just holding the mic mm-hmm. and he's letting the crowd talk and he's about to talk, but then he doesn't say anything. That's, that's mm-hmm. the best. Yeah. After, uh, after WrestleMania. Yes. That was, that was great. That was really good. A few Roman chants were, yeah, that were awesome too. Yeah. Yeah, I guess, I mean, I guess, so I guess my, my real problem, and you know, we could spend three podcasts talking about the whole Roman Reigns situation, but I think, I think my, my problem with it is when I feel crowds are hijacking the show for the soul, for, 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 for the sake of kind of putting themselves over and also, you know, so like all this started back with the Royal Rumble that uh, Daniel Bryan came back for. It was in Philly, right? And then he ended up getting he. Everyone was like, "Yes, Don Daniel Bryan, he's he's back. He's finally going to do it." And then they had him lose, and then or they had him go out at like twenty or something. And then the last ten, everyone was like, "Great, okay, Roman's going to win." And from that from that moment on, there was no winning with Roman Reigns. Like, there's nothing he was going to do because because he because he he. The fans decided that it was Roman Reigns' fault that Daniel Bryan didn't didn't get his his second push. Well, what what killed him for me was the fact that I don't feel like like Rick alluded to. I don't feel that he earned it 
like a lot of these guys did. He didn't come out there and put in the blood, sweat, and tears that uh, that you say, you know, like John Cena and several other people did. Uh, Kurt Angle, Kurt Angle had a meteoric rise, but he was also going on the heels of an Olympic gold medal run, a legit Olympic gold medal, and he he really took to the wrestling, uh, the pro wrestling, really quick. He was good in the ring, and he caught on to his character. He built his character quickly, and it was viable. But with Roman Reigns, what had what had he, what had he done? He was part of the Shield. He was okay. in FCW, and he was in NXT. I mean, he, <laughs> yeah, but you know, he did he did his developmental stuff. Yeah, but I mean, as far as main roster stuff, he, in my eyes, he really didn't do a whole lot to deserve a huge main event push. It wasn't, you know, now if they had put him in a match, let's say, okay, um, let's say John Cena was world heavyweight champion and they stuck him in there in an open, one of his open challenge matches like he did for the U.S. tournament and Roman Reigns comes out there and on a fluke wins the world heavyweight championship. That would have been more over for me and acceptable for Roman Reigns winning the world championship than su- such a blatant, uh, uh, apparently non-deserved push. I, I, I like I like I said, I, he sounds like to, to me, he sounds like a meathead on the mic. Mm-hmm. He is a total airhead. Uh, you know, I, uh, you know, it just okay. he. I'm not a good guy. I'm not a bad guy. Come on. I mean, it's like it's like he's trying to come up with rock-esque, uh, rock-esque uh, catchphrases and falling flat on his face. Yeah. Um, no, that's not no, to say I, I he would, doesn't I, have any skill. Sure, I just yeah, found I, that he got it got his push way too soon. Yeah, I guess. I guess I just. I just don't know. Like I, I don't know what he was supposed to do in that situation. Like if he was like, mm-hmm. you know, you know what, Vince, I don't think I am ready for. <laughs> I don't think I'm ready for you to to push me to the top of the card and I, sell all these I t-shirts and, and be and make all this money. So I mean, I think it's totally legitimate that he he maybe didn't grab the ring as per se as as well as he could have. Um, I, I don't know, but I, I think I yeah. I mean, like I said, I think we can talk about Roman Reigns all night. I actually really the, the match. I think I really enjoyed. Uh, I, Braun, Braun Strowman, uh, is working in a way that they have not had a big guy work or get over in, in a long time. Um, and it's, is really, they've, they've really groomed him, you know, from kind of like the WrestleMania or the raw after WrestleMania where they started feeding him people. Um, until now, like it's, it's this very slow build and it's, um, kind of kind of gotten to this point where you know he's now cheating death apparently right mm-hmm. um yeah i was very excited it was the ambulance match i had a bit paying yeah. attention that it was going to be in the announcement yeah. and i was like oh what yeah. this is us yeah the the payoff was really well really good though uh although i have to admit for braun Strowman, i had a little uh, in another uh facebook wrestling group that, uh, that i'm a part of i had a running uh tally uh, nobody, nobody spoke up, but I said, "How long do you bet into the match before we see drool hanging in Braun Strowman's beard?" 
<laughs> and what was the over under? Uh, well, <laughs> it wound up being less than a minute. Right. <laughs> yeah. one. But uh, it, that was funny. Um, but uh, I, I think you know I, I I was one of those that I wasn't buying Braun Strowman's push at first. I'm like, okay, they're pushing him obviously because he's mm-hmm. a big guy. But Braun Strowman is the antithesis of Roman Reigns, in my opinion. I think Braun Strowman is actually taking the ball and picking it up and heaving it over the top rope <laughs> uh, in Olympic style. I think he is. I think he is doing really well. He doesn't have to say a lot on the mic. He says his stuff with actions, and I'm I'm buying into Braun Strowman. What if this was the plan the whole time? Like the whole reason they haven't turned Roman was because they had the long plan of doing the of doing the double switch and 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 making making Braun officially the face and Roman the heel. How bananas! I would think that that's be? just a happy accident, though. Oh man, that would be so crazy if we found out that was the truth. That would be so like <laughs> so many so many internet forums would be so upset. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad that Braun's getting his uh, his push finally. He's been in the dub long time. Yeah, and he Rick froze up. Up. as several you, for, you froze up on us, Rick. Oh, oh sorry. I uh, I was said. I'm glad that Braun's getting a push finally because he's been in the WWE for many years as uh, several different characters, and I found I'm glad that he found uh, what works for him. Um, it's kind of like the ringmaster versus stone cold steve austin yeah uh ringmaster didn't really work for uh steve austin but we became stone cold and finally clicked and i'm glad this guy finally found his thing absolutely yeah uh so let's move on uh and wrap it up with the main event i know we're skipping over some stuff and great balls of fire but Honestly, the three biggest matches uh, were well. The women's match was pretty good, and I have to say, best spot of the night. Yeah, that was actually uh, one of my favorite women's matches I have watched in a long yeah. time in WWE. Well, I, I, it kind of threw me. I didn't see the uh, the time she did it earlier on SmackDown. Yeah, but whenever Alexa Bliss intentionally dislocated her elbow or her uh, with her double double jointedness i thought she was legit hurt i'm sitting there going so, oh, oh my god worked. i was just like i'm like are you serious and i got like, worked yeah oh my god i was like why how did that happen to me sasha <laughs> banks sold it so perfect too because yeah. she had that like oh oh god you know <laughs> yeah and that's what i think Sasha's me right face, like how do i keep going that was the look that was i think what really convinced me was when i saw sasha like Oh my god! Yeah, so I need to it that. looked freaking gross. Talk I mean, about grabbing the ball and running with it, and we, and we don't we, we don't have to spend a lot of time on the women's match. But I think I think calling it out is is certainly worthwhile. But yeah. Alexa Bliss is just she, doing such I mean she, such good heel work. Amazing. She's so good. She is amazing. Absolutely amazing. Uh, she and has she's that. come a long way too. I mean, yeah. From from being uh, a ring announcer to uh, being the uh, happy little shooter that would come out. Uh, and blow glitter. Uh, she came down the ramp to who she is today. Yeah, yeah. Miss Bliss. Uh, uh, she she has that mean girl uh, gimmick. Perfect. You know uh, the, her facial expressions sells her work. 
mm-hmm. perfectly. Uh, I lo- I'm, I'm probably Alexa Bliss's biggest fan, and there's nobody that can argue that. I don't I care. Don't wh- I don't care <laughs> what you say, Sergio Garcia. You are not Alexa Bliss's biggest fan. Yeah, I was right watching here. Alexa's when I was still managing and wrestling, and I was a heel, and I was just I would tell Chandler, I'm like, that's what I need to be. That's what I want to be. And it's just like, I could never be as good as her. She was amazing. She is. Um, And the thing is, is that Sasha and Bailey and uh, Charlotte, they get such, so much of the limelight and, and Alexa is almost like she's riding their coattails. No, she, (laughs) she deserves to be mentioned in the same vein as those other women. Absolutely. She's great. But, but uh, I think it's the reason why it makes her like character work is because of knowing that she's she's kind of writing that curtail cur- yeah. the coattails that it, it makes it more powerful. It's like her story. her championship reigns are like quietly under the under the uh, under the 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 spotlight, but mm-hmm. when they're in fact they're right in the spotlight. You know, uh, that's what I love about it. Uh, but let's move on to the main event. Uh, Samoa Joe versus Brock Lesnar. <laughs> uh, my worst ever Paul Heyman impersonation. Uh, what do you guys think of this uh, this match, Rick? Uh, I like that the buildup seemed to happen very quickly. And... Uh, we didn't have it drag out over several months. I, I think it's been mostly like maybe three weeks. It's been building up to it. Maybe a month and a half. Okay. I thought the match was great for two big guys, especially for Lesnar, who has to be carried for, for a lot of the match. But it was short. It it was a little, it's like the Goldberg-Lesnar match that you really look forward to it, but it's, it's short. Uh, but this was a good match. It just didn't last as long as I needed it to to last. Uh, but I thought it, it was uh, choreographing was great. I would have loved to have seen um, some more of uh, outside the ring work, some some more chairs or when running the in match the started or off using the stairs. And I thought, yeah, the oh whole God. the whole start of the match was great. That was absolutely how it it, it should have started. And I was a little disappointed that Joe didn't win the title. Yeah. Chandler, what do you think? Um, I think it was, I I don't think it was particularly, there were times during the match where I started questioning, man, are they really going to put the strap on Joe? Um, I think my, my biggest problem with the match is, I, I think maybe Brock Lesnar matches in general, at least the last couple when he's like really trying to sell for people is that the difference between him really selling and then looking super hurt and then all of a sudden on a dime, like switching it and then being invulnerable and then F5ing for the win is like a little, it's almost too drastic, I think, where it kind of takes you out of it a little bit. It seemed abrupt. It seemed abrupt. It kind of takes me out of it just a little bit. And Mm -hmm. granted, I mean, I know like with a person like Brock Lesnar, like, you know, the the only reason he's looking hurt any time in life is because he's choosing to look hurt, right? I yeah. mean, so I, I get it. But it's it's almost like he's selling too hard, looking too hurt, and then all of a sudden getting up out of nowhere in a way that is not... If they had had Joe su- uh, suffer through, say, three F5s, it would have been more believable, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, I think I think overall, you know, a, a good a good um, you know they I don't they they didn't bury Joe that's for sure. Yeah. You know, they made they made him look tough, mm-hmm. and I just I, I hope I hope they follow through with keeping him on the the top of the cards and and kind of kind of being being one of the top guys. Um, overall, I enjoyed it. You know, I mean, it wasn't. Uh, I think I think having Joe uh, attack him at the beginning was cool. Doing the the table spot was pretty rad. Um, and then, yeah, yeah. I think I, actually, I think I'll, I'll let I'll let you talk about some of Brock's <laughs> real work because when yes. we started, she started. Talking I was about commentating the through that one a lot. Um, I was getting kind of frustrated with Brock just because I think Brock is supposed to be such a beast, and um, I loved the opening. Like I love the opening with Samoa going after him. I think that was the right way to do it because if you're going to take someone who's kind of sort of this almost undefeatable monster kind of persona. You gotta do something to start beating him down and wear him down level right the away. ground. So you can have yeah, level the ground. But the way that Brock after getting thrown to the table and he was crawling back to the ring, he was looking so helpless and so hurt, it just it didn't make sense to me that within just that little bit of time that Brock was already that weak. Um, I wanted Brock to be a little bit stronger going into that match still um, because I think he was doing what he thought was really building Joe up, which which he was, but in some ways it was making both of them, it just made Brock look kind of really weak, which I couldn't get into. I didn't believe that. Um, So that kind of, and I have like a lot of just commentary of what I, from me being in wrestling, what I think other people would be yelling at me about mm-hmm. <laughs> as I'm doing some of this stuff. So like that's like the, that was a thing is like I was just like I don't get it. I don't understand why he was so hurt. I don't I don't understand. Brock's supposed to be tough, and I think the other thing was when um, J- Samoa would kept putting him near the end when he was trying to do his finisher and he's trying to put him in the Cobra Clutch. Brock was just going completely limp. And I understand him being worn down. He's tired. You know, that's a, you know, he's trying to be put into a, a, a hole that's supposed to knock him out. But he should be doing something to fight back. This is Brock. Like, give him an elbow to the side. Try grabbing his head. Try doing something to get control of it. Don't just let your arms go limp and just be all spaghetti. Because yeah. I just, that, that just doesn't, that didn't work for me that was something that kind of made me frustrated just he needed to wear joe down some more to make it more believable that joe would just get punished uh, or just get pinned with one f5 even if he uh, you know i said earlier you know if he gave joe three f5s that would have that would have made it more believable it's like okay he was able to get joe in an f5 uh let's say he covered him uh he covered him and he got a one count and then he gave him another and he got a two count and then he did it, did it a third time. And that's when he got the three. Uh, so that would have made it more believable in my opinion. Um, it just, the whole match seemed abrupt. Uh, I mean, it was, it was like it was going, they were telling the story and then, okay, it ends. Maybe I'm just spoiled watching New Japan Championship matches uh, because they tell a whole story. Um, you know, you don't really see 10 to 15-minute championship matches in New Japan all that often. 
But in WWE, it's not un, uh, uncommon to see a 10, 15-minute title match, you know, in the title change hand. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of used to seeing, you know, longer matches. Uh, and since Brock has been champion, you, you just don't see that. Uh, it's been said in other wrestling groups, Brock's not capable of it anymore. I don't think that. I think he's, he's fully capable of doing, uh, doing longer matches. It's just that he doesn't because he doesn't have to. He's Brock Lesnar. And that's that's the way it is. And well, I, I almost wondered if their time got cut shorter, though, too, because of the whole ambulance thing went really long. It did. It did. So I don't know. If well, and that, then they threw in the whole jobber uh, yeah. match. Yeah, you that, that was my favorite match. Just Heath yeah. Slater. It was this eight star match. Yeah, it was so good. <laughs> but you know, overall, I think this pay per view came across to me better than the Money in the Bank pay-per-view that SmackDown had. Uh, I didn't leave this pay-per-view, even though I felt that there were some things that wasn't quite the way I'd like it to have been. I didn't feel like it was a total waste of time to watch. I I was at least entertained for Mm -hmm. the most part. It wasn't a horrible pay-per-view. I'm not saying it was a great pay-per-view. It was... Okay, it was good, you know. Um, it's not something that I'd uh, I'd sit there and tell people, oh, you don't need to watch that. It was, it was garbage. Money in the Bank. I'm sorry, it was garbage. That was that was, you know, to throw away the women's Money in the Bank match the way they did to essentially have the same outcome was was stupid to me. Um, and I think that's a lot of the problems. Like with Austin Aries, uh, going back to what we were talking about earlier and tie uh, tie it in, I think is uh, that that plus what happened at Money in the Bank and the finish to the Brock and uh, uh, Samoa Joe match is exemplary of WWE's booking. They have huge problems in their booking. Uh, I, I don't think they may have the, the storylines planned out, but the way they execute them through their booking leaves a lot to be desired, in my opinion. Uh, that's just being critical. but And, you know, I, I am a WWE fan, and I, I, I want to see more out of it. I'm, I'm wanting, I don't feel like I'm getting what I want out of the WWE product that they are capable of doing. And I think that's the big problem right here. Uh, what do you guys think of the overall pay-per-view? I thought, I, I think, especially given the context of what we've been watching recently with um, New Japan and some of the really great indie shows that me and Ashley have seen recently, the fact that I still think so highly of it is is a pretty good thing. I think as far as um, non, you know, top four pay-per-view is like, you know, one of their B pay-per-views. I thought it was pretty good. I I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, it doesn't it does do any of the matches really or any of the matches better than any of them on G one? No, I don't think so. But it's it's also a different product, you know, yeah. and it's it's, mm-hmm. it's 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 kind of a different thing. So I I enjoyed it. Um, you know, if 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 every pay per view is around that quality, I think I think WWE is doing a really good job. Um, I, you know, and, and that, that, that I think ties in perfect with what we said earlier to kick off the show. 
I think New Japan and WWE, like I said earlier, can coexist on U.S. soil because the product is so dissimilar. You know, I mean, yes, they're both forms of pro wrestling, but I think they can both have a aspect of survival. Hell, they could even co-promote and still coexist. Um, Rick, did you did did, did you say your piece about uh, Joe and Brock? I, I did. Forget. I did. Okay, I just so, make sure. <laughs> so, what's your thoughts on the uh, overall pay per view, Rick? Uh, it was all right. There was some stuff that I had to fast forward through. Uh, I hate the really long promos in between matches where they present the packages about all the build up to it. I just want to get to the match. Um, it it was okay, uh, but I mean it's not one of those pay per views I could see myself going back to watch over and over again like I do with Royal Rumbles or WrestleManias. Uh, and I found myself entertained by it. I would say it held it held my attention. I was not playing on my phone too much, and so that's a big thing for me because Chandler always likes to tease me about how often I'm playing games, and he he often asks me, "You liked wrestling much more than you do like watching wrestling," and <laughs> that may have been true, but I still do love watching wrestling. It's just. WWE is kind of hard to keep my attention. It's just yeah. not it's not that well, independent for me. There, there's a f- uh, friend of mine who is a uh, local independent wrestler uh, here in Kentucky. Uh, I asked him if he watched uh, Great Balls of Fire last night. And uh, his answer was, I don't watch WWE. And coming from an imp- independent wrestler, in a way, that kind of surprised me. But at the same time, it doesn't. You know, uh, I can see why it turns a lot of people off, including workers, you know. Um, yeah, and Rick's sitting here sending a picture of Dick Clark. It's a <laughs> random dick pic, yeah. Uh, but, um, <laughs> uh, so Great Balls of Fire, uh, I would rate, you know, kind of middle ground, um, decent pay per view. Uh, there were some really good matches on there, but no standout matches. Uh, I guess we could universally stay. Um, I rated three balls. <laughs> <laughs> that logo, even though they f- uh, fixed it, still looked like a dick of two balls. Oh, sorry. That's, yeah, yeah, that's awful. Was, uh, there was one of the wrestling groups that, like I said, that I was following. Um, somebody kept referring to it as Satan's Pecker. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, somebody uh, somebody put up a picture of Sasha, and she was in front of the grate, and it and it all it said it eat was balls. eat balls. Okay. <laughs> well, it was probably one of the most photoshopped logos that they've ever created. Yeah, well, <laughs> then there was also Big Cass as he was coming out. And whenever he did his, uh, uh, he raised up his fist and everything. He was completely blocking out the sea, so his Titantron re- read Big Ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, uh, you know, some great moments. An unlist. Well, we hope you've enjoyed this show of uh, Faux uh, Fans of Wrestling Everywhere podcast. Uh, we try, we're going to try to uh, keep this uh, uh, podcast going bi-monthly. Uh, about every two weeks, put out a new episode. Uh, we've got one episode already uh, up on YouTube. 
Uh, as I mentioned earlier, we're on iTunes, Google Play Music Store, Stitcher Radio. I'm sure there's other uh, podcast catchers out there that are picking us, uh, us up as we speak. Um, so please uh, rate us and subscribe. Uh, and most of all, help spread the word. We're brand new. Uh, this is only our second episode. So we need you, the listener, to help get the word out there uh, that uh, you like our show. Um, you know, we're going to eventually try to get guests on here and, uh, you know, uh, talk about things in a topical format, maybe take current events like we did tonight, take current events and turn them into a roundtable topical discussion that even if you're listening to this podcast five years from now, will be still entertaining to you, the fans. Uh, we thank you for listening to this show. Check us out on our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash faux podcast. That's all one word, no underscores or anything. Faux podcast. You can email us directly at faux underscore podcast at tfylp.com. Uh, that way, if you uh, if you have any comments that you or long comments that you would like to uh, tell us, you can... Uh, email them to us, or you can just tweet us at faux underscore podcast on Twitter. Uh, and if you say something that is relevant to what we're talking about, you may your comment may even be mentioned here on air. No, no, it won't. No, okay. No. So uh, with that, I would like to thank uh, Chandler, Rick, and Ashley for joining us again this week. Um, who knows, maybe Sergio might join us someday. You know, uh, he keeps telling us he's he's going he's going out of country, so he had an excuse uh, this week. He's packing up. Um, he, he's trying to find out where Paige went. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's at the TNA tapings under a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw that picture. That was hilarious. Um, but uh, join us next time for another faux wrestling podcast. I am Deron Land. We'll see you next time. Time, everybody. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Wrestling! <laughs> the Faux Podcast is a production of TFYLP.com. Follow the Faux Podcast on Twitter at Faux Podcast. You can email us at Faux Podcast at TFYLP.com. Faux Podcast theme Rumble can be found on Bensounds.com. The Faux Podcast is not affiliated with any wrestling organization wrestler or official.